Good morning, my friends. This is Donna. And today's topic is nine ways to work with fear. So today, the high school that my son attends has dismissed classes for the day because of a threat that was found written on a bathroom wall, a violent, uh, a violent threat against the school. So fear is rampant in my community today and for the last couple days. The students range from stuffing or ignoring their fear to being hysterical with it. Parents are getting desperate, and I've seen a lot of Bible verses posted on social media mixed with political rants and lots of teary-eyed emoticons. The last time that I felt this level of fear in my community was in 2012 when a huge wildfire threatened our communities. And here's the puzzling thing. We live in a world that is safer, not just a little bit safer, but giant leaps and bounds safer than it has ever been. We humans have doubled and then tripled our lifespans. Violence of every kind is at an all-time low. Look it up. Look it up. From disease to war to rape and child abuse, the numbers are actually a fraction of what they were just 100 or even 50 years ago. Facts prove that our world is steadily getting safer, and yet the level of fear, especially here in America, is steadily increasing. Again, check the statistics on that. Modern fear seems to have everything to do with our beliefs and very little to do with the actual facts. I saw something a while back on my Insight Timer meditation app. It said fear equals false evidence appearing real. <laughs> and that's, I don't know who originally said that. It was just marked unknown. So today I want to talk about how fear is an energy, an energy that is only present inside this current earth illusion of a lifetime. And fear can be reduced, it can be cleared, it can be transformed or even channeled into something positive. Now, one of the first understandings that's helpful is to realize how very, very contagious fear is. Social media and the news always focus on what has happened, not on what is not happening. For instance, they don't show all of the beautiful forests we have across our nation that wildfire has not burned. <laughs> or they don't remark on all of the countries in the world that are at peace with uh, people who have enough to eat and have good social justice systems. The news does not do in-depth and repeated segments on schools that haven't been threatened or on students that are kind and loving instead of mentally ill or lonely or bullied. Fear is contagious, and it's about 95% of the news that we consume. How often do you watch the news? Uh, when is the last time that you fact-checked 
a statistic or a story from your favorite news outlet? When is the last time that you questioned the over-dramatizing or the perspective of stories instead of just swallowing it all hook, line, and sinker? Fear is contagious. So why are we so willingly passing it along? It's like going to a forest fire and taking a burning bush home with you to set alight your own yard. It's like going to the hospital every night and getting sick people to share their germs with you. Fear is contagious, and yet we willingly catch it daily. I am no stranger to fear. I have got tons of fear stories. Uh, For instance, my husband and I both worked nights when we first got married. I was very young. After our first son was born, I was home alone with the baby at night for quite a while, and I was so terrified that I slept with a gun under my pillow. My fears were of someone breaking in, of being raped, and of just general nameless violence. Another example, I do not swim, but I do enjoy boats and water as long as I can stand up in the water. (laughs) We were camping at Glendo Reservoir in Wyoming one summer with a big group of friends, and I had gone out on a boat with my husband's best bud. And my little brother was with us and a few other people and my three-year-old son. Now, Glinda Reservoir is a large body of water and we were out in the middle of it, far enough that we couldn't see shore. So naturally, that's where we decided to stop the boat and jump in to cool off. My son and I had life jackets on, but nobody else did. And as it turns out, it was a windy day. (laughs) We didn't really notice this until after we had jumped off the boat. (laughs) It was a windy day, and the boat had one of those awnings that provide shade. So here we all are in the water, where the waves are much bigger than we had noticed before jumping in, and suddenly we realize that the boat is getting further and further away from us. The wind was using that awning like a sail. So my little brother takes off swimming for all he is worth after the boat, but I don't really notice because I'm watching the others kind of battling the waves as we're all drifting farther apart. And I'm watching my three-year-old son's eyes start to get a little panicky as the waves wash and hit his face too hard. And he starts clinging to me and saying he doesn't want to be in the water anymore. And I'm thinking about the enormous depth beneath me and wondering what all lives and swims in those depths. (laughs) So my husband's best bud, who is one of the strongest and most tireless men that I know, is fighting the waves to stay near us because he knows that I don't swim. And he's treading water for a while. And then he just kind of looks at me with these disbelieving eyes and says, I'm getting tired, Donna. This is not good. So the waves are relentless, and I can't really breathe very well with kind of the panics that's starting to well up. But I force myself to say things like, it's going to be all right. It's, it's okay, baby. We're okay. Oh, the fear. Oh, the fear. Now, it's one thing to think you might die. It's one thing to think I might die. I've had plenty of times 
when I've thought I was going to die. I've actually fallen off of the Pikes Peak Highway in a snowstorm about a mile from the top, which is at a bad, bad place to fall off. <laughs> I almost froze to death at the age of six. My husband and I ended up in the hospital with severe carbon monoxide poisoning three weeks before our wedding. I had passed out from it, and his skin was purple, which are the last symptoms listed before death when you look in the paramedic textbook. <laughs> I almost drowned at nine. I was almost kidnapped at age 11. And I've had uh, a couple asthma attacks when I'm far, far from help or my inhaler. So I'm mostly immune to the thought of my own death. But when it's my child's life at risk, when it's my baby whose face I can't keep out of the waves, that is a whole other kind of fear. Now, my little brother finally caught that boat and uh, came, came around, picked us all up, and it was much easier for all of us to minimize the fear that we felt and kind of pretend the situation wasn't that dire. We kind of, we told it as a sort of jokey story when we got back, like, you know, how dumb are we all to jump off the boat on a windy day without dropping an anchor? <laughs> and then there have been years of battling spiritual darkness as I healed from abuse and fought my way through low and negative frequency realms and beings and the illusion of evil long before I realized it was an illusion. Fear seemed a hungry monster as I found and healed the fragmented parts that were intentionally split off from me when I was a child via mind control programs. And I've got fear habits too. Things like agreeing with people's opinions so that they'll accept me or abandoning my own needs to please someone else. Choosing perfectionism over fun. ACA, which is the uh, Adult Child of Alcoholics program, sums up the lifelong fear habits of most or all abused children. It goes like this. Don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. So fear is like a golem. We humans start to form our golem as babies. When we feel weak or are told that we are not good enough or are in any way abandoned or punished, we create and use fear, thinking it will protect us. In actuality, it begins to feed or siphon off our vital energy and begins to cripple us, becoming eventually more prison guard than protector. Fear is actually a planetary and a collective thought form, as well as an individual thought form. In our episode on evil, the great duality, I go into more detail on what thought forms are. Uh, but just to give you an idea, thought forms are created by humans, by our intense focus or emotions. And thought forms survive or exist only as long as we keep powering them by putting energy into them. Now, because fear has been used to control and exploit in our world for a long, long time, 
we humans have a deeply ingrained historical relationship with it. We have each lived many lifetimes of fearful situations and, and experiences and people who have exacerbated and reinforced our fears until fear itself has become a habit or an addiction or just what seems normal to us. So much experience with things like starvation and disease and violence have turned fear into this psychological plague that has kept us uh, humanity stuck for a long, long time. Fear also manifests or wears masks as other things. For instance, worry, which is obsessively imagining every possible happening and how you'll respond to it. Or maybe constantly being in defense mode, the the everyone's out to get me syndrome. Sarcasm, um, running away from or avoiding people or tasks, defensive types of things. Fear can manifest as arguing, trying to convince everyone else that you are right and your opinions are fact. Fear could look like hoarding or anxiety in social situations or phobias or perfectionism and other obsessive habits. I could go on and on with the behaviors and the masks of fear because Most negative, which would be to say low-frequency emotions and behaviors, when reduced to their base form, boil down to fear. Anger, in its unhealthier forms, is shame about your fear turned aggressive. And some of these masks, uh, for instance, if you're a worrier in general, can be learned habits. If we are born to and raised by obsessive worriers, we can unconsciously take on their fears or their habit of worrying. And this is energy that can be redirected also once we realize and intend to change it. So how did all this fear start? Well, uh, some say, an idea that I've run across a few times here, is might have something to do with a meteor that hit Earth a very, very, very long time ago in very early humanity. And... The, some of the old texts talk about how the meteor brought with it an unexpected plague that we have been trying to recover from ever since. So to me, in the way that these things are worded, it's possible that this is a, a spiritual infection of fear. So I wanted to share with you nine ways to work with fear. Nine ways to work with fear. Number one, fear does not like being seen. Brene Brown says in her book, Daring Greatly, we can't selectively numb emotion. Numb the dark and you numb the light. End quote. So we first begin to acknowledge fear instead of pushing it away. And then once we've acknowledged it, we can work with it. Acknowledge the fear as fear, especially when it wears another mask like shame or anger or self-medicating, numbing out, workaholism, hate, self-sacrifice, etc. Number two, fear cannot survive being examined. Once fear is unmasked, 
begin to befriend it and explore what is it that I'm really afraid of in this situation. Is the base fear really change or maybe loss of control or scarcity, loss of a freedom, being physically, emotionally, or spiritually hurt or death? Then we can begin to see the truth of the situation without the fear. Fear, remember, is always the illusion. So what is the truth here in this situation? See if you can find the root. What is the root fear and where did that fear begin? Often we had maybe a negative childhood experience that is being replayed over and over because we have not healed that. Or a traumatic experience in another lifetime that we have not accepted and learned from and released. Or we had fear modeled to us growing up and it's just a habit now. We can talk to fear. We can talk to any fear and find out where it came from and why it's hanging around. And things to use to do this are things like prayer and meditation or contemplation or automatic writing. We can send fear back to its source or to the light of divine source. And of course, it's always wise to get help with finding the roots of your fears and healing past or present wounds. Healed wounds are indeed the place where the light enters during the healing process. But undealt with wounds are the place where the fear enters. Number three, fear cannot survive rationality. So get the facts. We have the world of information at our fingertips. The next time that you see a meme or a news story that scares you, that that brings up fear, look up the actual facts about it. Now, having worked in law enforcement, I can assure you that at least half, at least half, a lot of times more than half, (laughs) of what is reported didn't actually happen that way or happen at all. You would be amazed and possibly outraged at how wrong most news accounts are. So look up how often this sort of thing, whatever the the story is that brought up fear in you, look up how often this sort of thing actually happens. How many people actually get hurt or die this way in a year nationwide? You're terrified of your house being broken into? Okay, how many break-ins actually occur in your neighborhood? You probably have a greater chance of being in an accident, depending on, with the exception of a very few neighborhoods across our country. Oh, is that your fear? A car accident? Okay, look at the stats on car accidents and notice how much they're declining. Can difficult and painful stuff happen to you? You betcha. Yeah, yeah. But it won't unless your soul has prearranged it as a lesson for you. So then, is it something that you can avoid? Probably not. (laughs) Maybe then. Maybe if we begin to think this way and uh, learn this way, maybe then we can just trust that whatever happens to us is always for the best. Always. And maybe we can begin to kick these fear habits because they are making daily life worse than any of the actual fears 
coming true. Number four, fear is energy and you can recycle it or direct it. Figure out what you could improve by turning this very powerful energy to something constructive. Is there something that you could create? Could you do a chore that you've been avoiding? Could you finish something? Sometimes, especially around my female time of the month, I start to focus on things that I cannot control and the worry swirls and buzzes and circles. And I've learned before it turns into full-blown fears, I've learned to busy my hands in something. It can be scrubbing something. It can be completing unfinished tasks, giving or serving anything really that takes physical energy. Worry and anxiety are mental energies that are as restless as a small child with nothing to do. So give them a positive outlet. Number five, understand that fear is a choice. Just as happiness and love and everything else in our world is a choice, fear is a choice. We are never truly victims. Now, I may have what seems like an automatic fear response, but it is up to me if I continue to choose fear or if I choose to do the investigative and healing work to shift my perspective so that what I feared becomes what I even could appreciate or learn from or grow through. And this all gets much easier with practice. I sometimes have to literally bite my tongue rather than join in fear talk around me. And this, again, is a choice, choosing to not participate in fear, to not fuel fear. When everyone else is talking about the latest thing to be afraid of, I can choose to starve out fear by giving it zero energy. So instead of feeding the fear by uh, joining in that talk, that conversation, we might change the subject to something beautiful or wise. For instance, hey, did you hear what the Dalai Lama is doing right now? Or, man, we're so lucky to live in the mountains and this coffee shop, best coffee on the planet. There's all sorts of ways that we can starve out fear by focusing on things that are good, things that are beautiful, things that are wise. Number six, laughter can reduce or alleviate fear because laughter is an incredibly high vibration. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to our episode on energy with uh, vibration and frequency. It's all science. (laughs) Telling you, it all comes down to science. So things like playing and being in nature, anything that's of a high vibration like laughter can reduce or even completely alleviate fear. So use these things intentionally to relieve fear. Number seven, use physical props or aids. I use uh, some products called Dr. Bach's Flower Essence Sprays. Bach is B-A-C-H. And these things have rescued me in the depths of fear energy long before I had the understanding of who I truly was and of any other ways to work with fear and other hard or uh, quote-unquote negative emotions. The F-E-S spray called Fearless And the Yarrow Environmental Spray are two that I 
used a lot. These can be used internally or sprayed around or on your body or sprayed in a place. And it's all, once again, it's all having to do with energy and vibration and frequency. Sometimes a physical prop can stand in when you doubt your own power. Another one would be sage. Sage in any form, such as a spray or an essential oil, or they make these smudge sticks. Just make sure that you use um, natural essential oils or herbs and not a fragrance or a perfume spray. Number eight, stop consuming fear. (laughs) Stop consuming fear. Because I so rarely have watched the news in the last 25 years, it's monstrously shocking when I catch some of it at somebody's house or in a waiting room or a restaurant. The fear-mongering is incredibly intense and blatant, and I'm just not really sure how anybody can stand to watch news programs regularly. This tells me how incredibly desensitized to fear-mongering our culture has become. And when I point this out, people tend to just look at me with confusion or like I'm the one that's batshit crazy because I cannot and will not stand for someone packing fear into every story. Even the tone of voice and the way that most sentences are structured shout Be afraid. Um, No, thank you. (laughs) If I want to know about something, I use the internet or I call someone who is there because the news that I care most about is what is impacting the people that I know and love. And I will keep searching until I find a report that gives facts or observations without agenda. I've gotten really good at this. Working in law enforcement helped me. If something's going on, for instance, uh, this current flu epidemic that is especially being used to scare everybody. Side note, scare everybody into getting the flu vaccine so big companies can make money, but I digress. Then I do my own research. Always, and I mean 100% of the time, there is so much misreporting and flat-out made-up stuff that... Again and again and again, I turn away in total disgust from any and all so-called news. Neither do I watch scary movies and TV shows unless there is something besides fear as the central theme. I'm not going to get into what fear does physically in your body, even when you only experience it as a thrill during a movie or a video game. You can look that up on your own, or maybe Diana will talk about it. As Chris Farley would say, for the love of God, people, stop consuming fear. And number nine, fear cannot survive love energy. When you say, in the midst of fear, when you say, I choose love, It changes the energy. Say it. Say it until love is all there is. The most effective antidote to fear is unconditional love, which I call divine love. And this is a spiritual or energetic law. Fear and love cannot occupy the same time and space because fear is the illusion, remember? And love is the truth. 
Divine love says, I see you. I accept you as you are. I offer you compassion. I offer you light. I trust that everything is always perfect and exactly how it's supposed to be in every moment. These are, this is the energy. These are the messages of love. And I visualize wrapping the thing I fear or the fear itself in this light of divine love. I open my heart full of love to it. And I know this is counterintuitive at first, but I have found this to be the most incredibly powerful of all of these ways to work with fear. It's the same thing as calling in the energy of divine source or if God or Jesus is your higher power. It's that same it's the same energy. It's the same force you're calling in. This works no matter how huge or deep or powerful your fear or its object is. Fear only weakens us. Yes, it is part of our illusion. Yes, we intended for it to be. And yes, it is a tool. However, at the levels that we are working with fear, it is very much weakening us. So remember this, love is the full power of the universe, the reality at your fingertips. Choose love. I choose love. Your additional resources for today. First of all, uh, there's an online article that is helpful if you are dealing with the type of fear that fuels phobias. Um, so kind of those irrational daily fears and ways to work with it. The article is at tinybuddha.com, and it's titled Five Life-Changing Realizations About Fear and Anxiety. And there's a lot. There's a lot more. You can do searches, and there are a lot of very, very helpful, helpful articles out there about fear and anxiety of any type. There's a book by Debbie Ford titled The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. Super helpful, super helpful for deep, deep transformation within yourself. Emmanuel's book two by Pat Rodegast and Judith Stanton, and really any of the Emmanuel books um, will hit on fear, on healthier, bigger um, soul perspectives on fear. And then any of Brene Brown's books, um, the Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, and Braving the Wilderness are some of my favorites, but all of her books are excellent because they just have such practical and life-changing insights into identifying our fears and transforming ourselves. Remember to visit our author website at ddadair.com. That's D-D-A-D-A-I-R.com. And let us know what questions you have about this or any other information that we share. Also, you can sign up for an email notification if you would like to know when Diana and I publish our Atlantis book series later this year. Thank you for your time today. May you be fearless. May you deeply know and experience that perfect love casts out fear. Blessings on you. Blessings on your day.